Welcome back to another episode of Laser Graves. I am your co-host, E.K. Wimmer. Hey, E.K. Wimmer. I'm Mariah Rose, also a co-host. Yeah, you are. Yep. Okay, episode 75. Uh, This week, we are going really early. We have not done very many episodes from 1980 at all. Like... We avoid the early 80s like the plague. It's mostly boring. And yeah. there are a lot of slow burns in the early 80s. What were they doing? Um, I don't know, because they were definitely still doing cocaine. I yeah. mean, it's not like that had stopped. I know. What's the <laughs> so problem? What's the deal? Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we are going to talk about an absolutely bonkers off the rail film yes. from 1980, which you don't normally get. Like, if this was 88, 89... Sure, that would you make sense, it. but this was a little out of out of sorts. But before we get to The Children, 1980, uh-huh. let's talk about a few things. Okay. You have any uh, quarantine finds? I do. Again, I am leaning hard on the internet. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> That's I, all we can do. <laughs> well, I mean, I was I was gifted with many rocks from our daughter <laughs> this true. week, but I did go on uh, Etsy and I found uh, Lazy Susan. Okay. So we have that round vintage table in our kitchen, mm-hmm. and I have long wanted a Lazy Susan so I can be lazy about passing stuff. <laughs> cool. good one i know and it's like olive green it's perfect oh well that's kind of cool yeah it's cool that upped it a little i know awesome what about you i i have added a few new additions to our vhs collection Mm -hmm. but i managed to add a, a really cool one last week and that was 1987's evil spawn and that is a very obscure one I think you would enjoy it. I'm not sure if you would enjoy it. It's a really cool film. I had seen a couple clips from it when I was a teenager. I don't know how. I figured it was Hmm. one of two ways. Either one, somebody had it like going on at a party. Like it was just in the background noise, which was not uncommon. A lot of friends would throw on horror movies at parties. Or two, it was on some sort of like documentary or compilation. They played a couple clips and I saw that. But I definitely recognized a few scenes for sure. But I've not seen it all the way through until recently. This is more like uh, bad taste area, so we'll oh. check and see if they're doing it. If not, it's fair game and we'll do it for sure. Okay. Because I do think it would be really fun to talk about. But So I'm very happy to have that in the collection. Oh. All right. This week we are... Oh, wow. This is a first time watch for both of us. Yes, absolutely. And in quite a delightful s- surprise. We do not own this. This is one of the few times we don't own the tape. Anybody out there got it and this is not your jam, hook us up because I want it. Yeah. <laughs> I want the Vestron copy. I don't even know where it's at or how much it costs. But One billion dollars. Somebody's feeling generous. Okay. The Children, 1980. This is directed by Max Kalmanowicz. He That just rolls right off your tongue. It really does. <laughs> Especially when a name ends with CZ. It'll uh, it'll do that. It has that effect. Good try. Or maybe you succeeded. So this guy didn't really go on to do much of anything else. He was more of a crew member on films and continued huh. to be a crew member. This was his big shot. But the writers for this film mm-hmm. went on to do one other film called Luther the Geek that I've heard about, but I've never oh, seen. I'm very interested <laughs> yeah, in the title. Yeah, we might check that one out because I think that's like 89 or something like that. I could Luther be wrong. Luther the Geek? Yeah. Oh. So this is kind of a one-shot thing. Okay. The other 
really notable person from the casting crew is the composer. This was scored by Harry Manfredini, who you would know from Friday the 13th. Mm, Manfredini sounds like a name I would have taken note of. Yeah, he also did like House and a billion other things. But this is right after Friday the 13th Part 1. And if that's not obvious. what a follow up. It's uh, (laughs) it's really dipping from that same little wishing well right there. It's okay. It it has its hits and misses, but I will say it starts with a somewhat of a miss because it's like spooky trumpets. I'm not quite sure what was happening here. I mean, I can get on board with spooky trumpets. But like I mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> sure. What was the film? Oh, After the Fall of New York. Didn't that have that weird trumpet player just randomly playing? <laughs> it was that guy. It was the he same was just dude. Playing yeah. For this. <laughs> this was a first time watch, and. I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I'll be up front and say it started a little like, okay, whatever. It feels like a 1980s typical horror. And then once it amped up, there was no going back. Yeah, at first it actually felt... And, and really the first part that was like, mm heh, was like five minutes. But it felt like a, an after school special. Yeah, and then once it really got going... It went, oh, yeah. like, totally off the rails. They and by the end, the switch. Yeah, by the end, I was like, what the hell yes. are we even watching yes. right now? How did this get made? The ending, oh my gosh. I really want to watch it again. Like, this is one of the films that I think this, the more I watch it, the more I'll enjoy it, because now I know what I'm in for. Yeah. I the, didn't quite know what I was in for. This might be one of my favorite endings. That's true. Yeah, this is a good one. We'll get to it. Yeah, Let's yeah. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, so the movie starts. There's workers. Like, you can tell they're workers because they've both got hard hats on. They're inspecting a... <laughs> uh, duh. They're inspecting a nuclear plant or something. At first, I thought it was like a water plant, and I think that's where they filmed it, but they play it off as a nuclear plant. It's a really cool location, actually. I thought it, was, it made for... Uh, really neat shot yeah yeah the shot's good so they're looking they they're looking for a problem they've been told by upper management that there has been a pressure drop and that's all the explanation we need to launch ourselves forward and they're like i didn't see anything and we can't go back to the office because they're just going to make us go look some more Mm -hmm. so they decide they're going to go ahead and go get a beer and they (laughs) (laughs) they hop in their car with hard hats on and honestly, I was like, can I just wear a hard hat in a car? Because we've been in so many car accidents. I was like... <laughs> I don't know if that would help. That's like I feel a, like it would immediately fling off when you got hit. Do you remember that 90s movie, Benny and June? Yeah, She I do. June rode in the car with a, with a helmet, uh-huh. like a motorcycle helmet. Yeah. I'm, I'm tempted. Sure, I support it. Okay. And then <laughs> as they drive off to get their beer... There's a shot of like a valve or something, mm-hmm. and it's leaking. It's been very clearly spray painted black. Yes, <laughs> but it's it's leaking, and then smoke billows up from the ground. This was really cool. It is cool. It's like this green fog that comes up, and I so I did find a cool interview with mm-hmm. the director Max, and he went into a lot of detail on this, and this is one of the scenes that he wrote in. That wasn't in the original script. Really? Because this explains everything that happened. That's what he said. He was like, we need something that really justifies it all. And it's actually based on a true story 
not to know what we'll get into later, but this uh, beginning the year before 1979, there was this plant that had a leak, like a nuclear plant, and there was all this yellow smoke that was filling the air that was toxic ah. and stuff. And so he thought, oh, that's perfect. I'll just use that as as the premise for the beginning. And I really do like the beginning of this film, the way in which it all takes place, even oh, yeah. though none of it makes sense afterwards. No. I'm all I'm all for it. That's like all of those movies in the 80s, though. You've got like the Return of the Living Dead, I think. Sure, yeah, and, with the barrels and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, or Toxic Avenger. You just have like, oh, it's just, it's nuclear waste. It just does stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of nuclear spills. Yeah, just whatever. That, yeah, that explains ooze. anything yeah. that you can't explain. Oh, it's uh, it's toxic. Sorry. Yeah, for Bye. sure. Um, and then it goes to the titles, like the titles billow up through these clouds of smoke. And that's so cool. The The title card is really cool. Yeah. The The lettering is all hand drawn, but it looks more sword and sorcery. It's yeah. got like a raven's claw or something. Yeah. Oh, because it's in the town of Ravenclaw. And I have a story about that, which is really interesting. Are you, wait, are you going to tell me that this is where J.K. Rowling got her idea? <laughs> this is... Rowling, oh, rolling. I don't know if I even need to tell you anymore. What? Are you serious? No, I'm not serious. Oh, my of gosh. <laughs> Jeez, what a nerd. <laughs> Why am I so gullible? I don't know, but I really enjoyed your... Which nobody could see but me. Your expression. Your, your eyes bulged out in excitement. <laughs> Yes, J.K. Rowling got her idea for Ravenclaw oh from gosh. the children. <laughs> no, where this came from was sense. the original cool. title. The town is called Ravensback. Oh, I and thought it was Ravensclaw. No, I'm but too it's deep in Harry Potter. And why that's important is that the original title for this film was called Children of Raven, the Children of Ravenback. Okay, which was actually a mistake because the the writer meant to write. Ravensbrück or something like that, which was a concentration camp. And the original premise came Ooh. from if children from a concentration camp came back to life and took uh, revenge on their captors. That would have been an entirely different movie. Totally. And so, but they dropped off the ending and it just became the children. But somebody had already designed the logo. And so that like Raven Claw that was in that uh, title sequence was based on that original oh. title. And what's interesting is the director, Max, was really uh, on board with this because his family, his mother and father, were in a concentration camp. Oh. So he grew up hearing stories of them and all their friends, um, what they went through. Weird. And so that, what a bizarre premise to start the film, although yeah. it has nothing to do with it. Not at all. But that's kind of where it had originally um, hmm. started. So after that title card... We go to a bunch of, not a bunch of, a small handful of kids singing on a bus. So the kids are on a bus. They're singing and having a great time, I guess. I don't know. It's a beautiful day. And the bus is cruising along. The bus driver is like jamming out to their song, laughing. He's Which happy. Is totally unbelievable. You know what? In uh, kindergarten, I had a bus driver. I think I've even mentioned this here before, who lied to us all and told us he was the original singer of the Splish Splash, I was taking a bath song. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> I think the sound of children singing usually is pretty obnoxious to begin with. Oh, I couldn't it's imagine. Sweet angel voices. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> I couldn't imagine being a bus driver. Our bus driver was just a terror on wheels, and he used to shout at me. 
My name's Wimmer, but he would shout, Wimmer, get up here. And he would yell at me. He was so angry and I could not imagine him you were lasting two seconds. You were probably terrible. I was terrible, but I didn't deserve to be yelled at by an adult. I feel like you probably did. <laughs> yeah, well, to be <laughs> determined. So the cruise bus cruises into a fog. The It's obviously the fog from this nuclear plant. And the fog, like, quickly, it hits and dissipates. We never see or hear from the fog again. So it just <laughs> is like a smash and grab with a bus. Yeah, it's an it's, it's isolated event. Uh-huh. And then we meet Sheriff Billy. Oh, yeah. He's in a diner talking <laughs> to a sexy, like, big curly hair, red-headed waitress uh-huh. who is pretty much way out of his league. Oh, 100% out and of his league. Her name is Sally. Her name doesn't matter. But she's really, really, really pushing for him to take her on a date. And she basically forces him to agree to a date at 10 o'clock when her shift ends. This is so unbelievable because this sheriff, first off, he's way older than her. Yeah. Second, he's an idiot, like a bumbling idiot this whole movie. He is like... He's like old school, um, like what are the, what's that old? No, he's not a bumbling idiot. He's just a small town sheriff who sees no action. So Really? Because I'm going to bring up a couple um, instances in <laughs> down the road in this okay. film that definitely are in my favor of calling him an idiot. <laughs> like he, how he became sheriff is short of straw, apparently. I guess. So he agrees, kind of, to go on a date with her and leaves. He's, like, uh, just doing his route, I guess. I don't know what people in cars who are police officers do. But he heads out on the highway and finds the bus, the school bus, and is parked at, like, kind of a janky angle in the middle of the road. The bus is empty. He hops on board, sees it's empty, but all the kids' stuff is there, and the... Bus driver's gone, but the bus is still running. Yeah, and he seems totally okay with this. Well, he's concerned. No, he's not. Because he turns off the bus. Turns off the bus, but the first parent he goes to, he's like, it's not. there's nothing to be worried about. He's well, totally cool with a bus full of children totally missing. Yeah, he goes to a woman. Her name is Joyce. She's a doctor. It's the nearest house, so he's going there to investigate. And he's like, I'm sure it's nothing. And that's fair because you don't want to freak out the parents right out the bat. Joyce, who's just laying there in a bikini? She's in a white bikini with a Doberman. She is also so cranky. She's mean. And her living situation is bizarre and we never get answers. No, because she also, is it her sister or her child that's playing the piano? I don't know. So she goes into her house (laughs) to get dressed when she learns that either her son or some boy that she is in charge of named Tommy uh, is not, like, is missing because he was on the bus. So she goes to get dressed out of her bikini and her weird, it's a woman for sure. She's obviously not in school. And the doctor's like, take some more codeine. And it's yeah. a woman in like white pajamas with white blonde hair playing piano. But she's like drugged and dreamy and just kind of like. Ugh. It makes zero sense, as does many, many characters. They introduce so many characters in this film. Yeah, we're going to drop off a lot of and them. And like 60% of them have no tie in like nothing ties up at the end also um his car the cop car is pretty cool i'm a fan of late 70s early 80s cop cars yeah they're pretty cool i don't know i think it's just probably my childhood i just think they're cool looking 
So the sheriff and Dr. Joyce, they go back to the, like, their plan is to go back to the bus and see what's what. Yeah, but she leaves her cool Doberman behind. I know, that's a, that's a bummer. Uh, and then the sheriff calls Deputy Harry. Uh, I guess that's the only other police officer in town. <laughs> yeah. And asks if there, if anybody's like seen a bus because, so I guess he's, he's raising the alarm. Give him some credit for that. I would also believe that there would only be two cops because there's only five kids on the bus. So <laughs> it's I mean, definitely a <laughs> rural area. Yeah. Uh, and he immediately sets up a roadblock. So I feel like he's being proactive. He is. Sure. Kind of. And he and Joyce, they go to the bus and see that it's empty. And she says she'll walk back, which makes good sense. You know, maybe following a trail, which your child would have uh-huh. gone. But she sees a movement in the cemetery, cemetery across the street from where the bus has <laughs> yeah. crashed. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Do you want to describe what happens? Well, she goes, she's walking through the cemetery. And then she hears a little commotion. And she comes upon a body of somebody who's like a caretaker. I or, think it's the bus it's driver. It's the bus driver. That's right. It's unclear, though. And he rolls over, and he looks like um, like Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs. He's like, not quite Freddy Krueger burns, but... It's like burns, but also like slashes. It's really cool looking, actually. It's like meaty. It got dissed on in the reviews when this came out, but I would argue Some I liked it. Some of them are creepy. Yeah, I thought it was pretty awesome. And so she finds this guy just laying there dead and burned and melted. Mm-hmm cool that's an awesome thing yeah and then she sees her son or whatever the kid tommy that she's looking for and she's like tommy and he he's weird and we're (laughs) gonna just learn all the kids are weird he goes mommy oh so we do know it's his mom oh does he i think he does he doesn't (laughs) go you're just making it up well he calls out to her and he approaches and we see he's got black fingernails like he turned into a goth in 1980. Totally, yeah. He's pre-hot topic. And then he gives her what I wrote in my notes as a chemical burn hug. He just oh, yeah. hugs her eagerly and she kind of thrashes around and then yeah. turns into a burned up slashy corpse. Yeah, it's not quite body melt. I was kind of hoping they would kind of ooze yeah. down like street trash style, but they... They They didn't have the budget for that. They just kind of burn. But then the corpses afterwards do look really cool. So they did the best they could. Yes. And then we go to the... the, It's like a county store. (laughs) It's like kind of a grocery store. And there's a lady there, Molly. She's also their dispatcher. So she's kind of important because she connects... Yes. Okay. She has a CB radio, remember? And she tries to call to the bus driver. I thought she was just like a nosy Nelly. Nope, that's her. She's the dispatcher, also owner of Country Store. And the sheriff comes in and he like spills the beans about what's happening to two weird yokels who are... Oh, this sub story too makes zero sense. We'll just briefly touch on it. But he makes them go be deputized. He's like, you guys, I'm going to pay you. You're going to watch <laughs> the roadblock with Deputy Harris. I don't know. That's not his accent. No, that was good, Mariah. Keep going. So they're suddenly deputized and they go to watch a roadblock because there's apparently only one road that comes into town. Again, believable. They're going to block it off with the other uh, the other police force or police guy. Yeah, there's a whole lot of nothing that we need to talk about here, really. Yes. And then we'll cut to he the sheriff then goes to another parent to inform her. 
And this is definitely my favorite. Like Dee Dee Shore. Dee Dee, who is topless, very she, comfortable topless. She takes your joist. She's like, I see your bikini, but I raise you no top. Yeah. So she's <laughs> topless. And then this is definitely my favorite scene. Like she's topless and her husband or whoever, her lover. Or her boy toy. Is in a speedo behind her, just lifting weights, and he's, it's not explained. He's pumping iron in a speedo, and she's sunbathing, but she's in the shade. It's such an amazing scene, and they're clearly like both on drugs or something. I don't, it's never explained. This mom is actually from a couple cool things. Really, she doesn't have a lot of credits, but the credits she has are top notch. Okay, she's a maniac. Okay. And she's in Blood Sucking Freaks. Oh, yeah. Okay. Talk about having some credits. Okay. Blood Sucking Freaks is 70s, right? Yeah. Damn it. You okay. know that that dude, I read, maybe this was Urban What Legend, dude? The director of Blood Sucking Freaks died from coronavirus. No. I'm almost positive. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. So, Dee Dee, the mom, is, she's topless and very unconcerned about her missing daughter. And... The sheriff's just kind of frustrated with her attitude and dumps her ashtray into the pool. <laughs> I don't think it's her ashtray. I think it's like her drug stash. I don't know, but he dumps it into the pool. Yeah. And she's smoking. Everybody smokes. <laughs> Boy, do they. And then we'll let's cut ahead to there's a creepy kid, one of the other kids. She's got black nails. Mm-hmm. She's at her house. She <laughs> smiles at her parents. Mommy hugs her. The embrace of death. How do you feel about the indication of black nails as like, okay, this is a creepy (laughs) child. They have black nails. Oh, I love them. Because they think they recharge. We learn later that they're a sign of imminent, like, feeding. No, I think once you go black, you're like a zombie. No, because we'll get to it in a minute and I'll tell you. So they're not always black. Really? Yes. Okay. Hang tight. All right. I have been... I didn't plan this, but I've been watching a lot of, like, child horror movies from the 80s. This one's, um, well, we'll talk about it at the end, but the guy watched uh, Bloody Birthday not too long ago, Hospital Massacre, which actually has the same children from Bloody Birthday. But this was a thing. Right after this, Children of the Corn came out. And so I I guess I just kind of didn't even... um, think about it growing up in the 80s i just accepted creepy children movies yeah you're like these are the movies that are made (laughs) yeah (laughs) so let's go back to the roadblock the scene plays no role but i need to touch on it so we're at the roadblock with the two newly deputized fellows they've got yes they're fully armed they're sitting there we're just gonna pass over that part well they're Uh, just like getting drunk with shotguns they're local locals and they look like ron howard they look they both look like ron howard (laughs) And a guy pulls up in a car, and he's got, like, a a driver, and he's in the back seat, and he makes a big show of uh, having electric windows, because this is 1980. Yeah. So, electric windows are super fancy. He rolls down his window, and he's like, let me in, essentially, and the, the regular deputy, Harris, is like, nope, sorry. And he says, do you know who I am? And he rolls up his window. And then he rolls it back down and reveals that he's got a car phone, which also would have been bonkers. Oh, but yeah. it's on a it's on a cord. It's so weird. No, that's how they were back then. Were they? Yeah. I thought they were just big bricks, with but cordless. No, that was later. Like, okay. the car phones did have a cord. Okay, whatever. 
Anyway, as I was watching this, I was like, who is this guy? Is he somebody special? Well, they set him up to be definitely somebody important. And so he looked into it because I was like, maybe they just got a big name and he agreed uh, to do this cameo. This is the only film that guy did <laughs> ever. Well, not only that, but in the film itself, they make him out to be like some super important person. Yeah. I thought he was like a pimp. Or a drug dealer. I don't Those know. Those were the two things that I went with. But he wants to go see Dee Dee, the topless mom. Yeah, so he calls her. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, let him through. And he gets through. And that's it. That is... That's all. We never see this guy what again. What is that? Like four minutes of this movie? It was zero point to any of that. Okay. <laughs> I just... I really enjoyed all of it, honestly. And then let's go to our next kill. So we're we're following this girl, Susie. She's delivering apples to a house that's empty. And it's kind of implied that the owner of this house has died because they're not present. That house is cool. It's enormous. She walks around it. Then the bottom breaks out of the apples. And she's like, whatever. Leaves <laughs> them. Rides her bike home. Just leaves. Yeah. Like she's she, like, well. The delivery girl just drops all the apples and is like, well, my job here is done. <laughs> Gets on her bike. Her name, Susie is from The Prowler. Oh. They, all these people, a okay. couple of the people actually went on to do some cool stuff. So after dropping her apples off, quite literally, she rides her bike home and her her brother, I think it's a brother, Paul, he really creeps her out by trying to hug her, which is believable because if you're a teenage girl and your brother comes at you with like yeah. a warm embrace, you're like, gross, what are you doing? Yeah. So she knows something's wrong. He tries to hug her and eventually, I guess, succeeds. She like leaves the scene mm -hmm. so you don't see her death, but you see here the like overdub of her and her father being killed. This was the first kill that I was like, oh, weird. Because I thought she was like the final girl for sure. Yeah, because she's pretty. Yeah, but they set her up to kind of be that way. Mm -hmm. And then she just died. Done. And this is going to be now the reoccurring theme throughout the rest of the movie is don't get attached to anybody because they all die. Pretty much. Um, and I don't even know what's the death count at like, Two people in the graveyard, uh, two parents, then the apple girl and her dad. Oh, no. We'll get to, by the end, it's high. We all have implied deaths also. Like the apple delivery person, probably dead. Sure, but by the end, there is a, an entire I, barn of people dead. Well, sure. Okay. But we haven't gotten there. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying the kill count is much higher than you're leading people yes. to believe. No, I'm just saying at this point, I was like, how many people in this town are dead already? Yeah, nobody seems to be like too worked up about it yet. So then we meet, uh, we met him a little bit earlier, but just to catch you up to speed, there's a man named John Fremont. His car's broken down. He's accepted a ride from the sheriff. Mm-hmm. He gets a ride home, and the sheriff wants to see if his daughter Jenny has come home on the bus. So they go home, and his son Clark, who I guess is not school age, <laughs> he's just fine. But their daughter Jenny has not come home yet. His wife, uh, Kathy, is there. <laughs> You're keeping track of... There are so many characters well, in Well, these movie. ones are important. Okay. I just so, thought to myself, because it was hard keeping up with all of these people being introduced, especially like with pimp drug dealer guy who doesn't yeah. even, doesn't even matter. Also, Dee Dee and the buff, we, I don't think we ever see them again either. No, we don't. 
There were so many people to keep up with. I remember towards the end thinking, I'm so glad there were only five children on that bus. Yeah. Because they are introducing the families of all the children. Yes, they do. But John is the name of the dad, and Kathy is the name of the mom. They're important. They have their son, Clark. Jenny is missing. And the um, deputy Timmons, are yeah, Harry Timmons, he calls in and reveals that he has found... The children while he was out driving. Right. Uh, towards some other call. <laughs> yeah. And Harry up to this point has been a pretty important character. Like he's yeah. one of the one of the main characters. He comes out, <laughs> like hops out of the car, excited. It's now nighttime too. And he's like, We've been looking everywhere for you and the kids proceed to move toward him, arms out, but then it cuts away. As Sheriff and the Sheriff and John, who obviously wants his daughter Jenny back, are racing to um, wherever it is that the deputy had spotted the children. Yeah, and the children do this, like, zombie walk, basically. They put their yeah. arms up and... They're, but they're walking for a hug, not for brains. But they are zombies. They're just... Mm. Um, you know, the director said so. They're not... They're just not flesh-eating zombies. Okay. They're zombie ghouls. They're ghouls. Okay. You... Zom ghouls. We have to acknowledge that some people call (laughs) ghouls zombies. Zombies eat brains. If you're not going to eat flesh, then you're not a zombie. Sorry, you're a ghoul. You think zombies have to eat flesh? Yep. We just had this conversation. I know. I'm sticking by it. (laughs) Zombie nightmare. Misnomer. Ghoul nightmare. Voodoo ghoul. Yep. Voodoo zombie. Voodoo zombies do not eat flesh. Well, they're not zombies. Sorry. <laughs> this is going to go on for years. <laughs> well, unless there is a voodoo uh, priest or priestess involved who has summoned the dead to do their bidding, that's a separate, like, sub-genre. That's separate. These kids have not been conjured up by a voodoo priest or priestess. But they're back from the dead. Mm, no, they just continued on in a new form, a ghoul form. Okay, so they come here. You don't know that. They don't see any children. <laughs> Sheriff. You don't know that. I am they speaking. They could have all died in that bus when they I'm... went through the cloud and then came to life as, back to life as zombies. Well, they clearly didn't because the it would appear that the bus driver was able to stagger off into the graveyard where he was then killed by the kids. Maybe he left them and jumped out. No. Here's the deal. I'm speaking with real authority in my voice. (laughs) You're trying to really convince me. (laughs) Okay. So they go, Sheriff and John, they find Harry. He's been killed by the loving embrace of these ghoul children. Another kill that I was kind of surprised by. Yeah, he seemed important. Definitely thought Harry would survive too. I didn't didn't think he'd make it to the end, but I thought he'd make it farther. No, they're just killing people off left and right. I kind of appreciate this because when we watch movies... You and I, because we're dumbasses, usually go like, ah, yeah, and they should die right here. And they never do. This movie actually delivers. Mm -hmm. They're like, this person's story is over. Just kill them off already. You're done. Um, And then let's go. They they decide they want to go get Dr. Joyce because they found a dead body. So they want her to come and maybe try and resuscitate him. I think that's their line of thought. Oh, Bikini McGee? Yeah. Yeah. So they go back to her house and... 
not knowing that she died in the graveyard, they still her body, I guess, is never discovered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they enter her home. They kind of knock and they're like, never mind. Coming in. We're a little concerned about the Doberman, but it's not barking. So here we go. And they find the weird uh, coding girl burned to death. <laughs> and I was so disappointed. I truly wanted to know coding girl's story. I wanted her to be a ghoul zombie playing piano. Ooh, that I wanted been her, pretty cool. I wanted her to be like weird enough that the zombie or the ghoul kids would not accept her or like kill her <laughs> and that she'd be their mother. I so you've really glossed over all the um bumbling around that the sheriff's done so far. Okay. Because for some reason you're protecting his legacy. <laughs> he also opens a closet. And a dead dog clearly falls out, and then he just shoots it multiple times. To the point of even the other person says, wow, you just shot a dead dog. Yeah, I think that's an expression, isn't it? It's like shooting a dead dog or something. I don't know, but you said it in an accent to try and sell it. Yeah. You're really going all in. Here I go. Watch me go. Oh, and then, so the sheriff and um, John go back to the county store, and they stockpile i guess like three weapons they're like wait 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 we gotta do something okay i realized that (laughs) i had i had even glossed over one of the quotes i wanted to use from the sheriff to accentuate just how dumb he is because he's the leader that everybody's turning to when they find harry's dead body and john is like What's happened? Uh huh. This is what he. This is his, his grand observation of the situation. Keep in mind that Harry's body is burned to a crisp, laying dead in front of them both. Yeah. This, this is what he says. What the hell happened to him? He's dead. <laughs> it's concise, though. It's yeah. a concise response. Sure. Good for him. Okay. Well, I just didn't want to go too far without mentioning that. Let's also pick back up at that store like weren't they picking they were grabbing shotguns and stuff well they grabbed a shotgun and the store belongs to it's molly the dispatcher my favorite character in the whole film (laughs) she's like uh definitely the busybody of the town she has got her finger on the pulse she's got her finger on the trigger too because she's just running around when he walks in she says the most bizarre line do you remember no she says this Sheriff, all right, all right, Sheriff. Keep your pants zipped. Nellie's in the barn. What is she even talking about? Was she just making that up? Or is she implying that, like, is she making fun of the sheriff wanting to, like... I don't know. I, I, let's not investigate that. I just didn't even know what that was about. That was weird. So then we'll go to the waitress... The one that, the like redhead that was forcing the sheriff to go on a date with her. Mm -hmm. She's waiting because remember, she told him he had to pick her up at 10 p.m. Right. Or whatever. And she's in front of the diner. And also the diner is super cool. It's in like an old train car. But she's standing in front of it and she turns and looks at the clock. And then the reflected neon light (laughs) uh, sparkles on her tears, which are very clearly like... um, 
eye drops that have been dropped, <laughs> you know, in the corner, the center, and then the other corner of her yeah. eye. So unnaturally, she's crying, and that's it. That's the end of her story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's really zero mention to even ever discuss her in this whole episode, honestly. And honestly, it was so was... funny, though, that I had to. <laughs> so many of these characters we could have just left out of this episode they and you would have never known. They could have cut out, like, half of the characters. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the sheriff and John find a child. Yeah. And they, at this point, they this don't... Janet. Yeah, they don't understand that the children are killing yet. So they find Janet, and this is, let me get back to the nail polish. She has normal colored nails. I think she's turning. No, she's already turned. She's fed or whatever. Really? She's had a kill. Oh, they, see, I thought the scene was her actually turning, and I thought, oh, cool, we get to see what one's like when they're going through transition of becoming a zombie. No, I think that it's like a mood ring. So you start off <laughs> one color, and when you're in the mood to kill, they turn black. You know what? It is a mood ring. You're okay. right. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So they have her hop in the car and they're going to drive her to their mom, who is topless Dee Dee from earlier. Yes. She's laying in the back seat. And then the weirdest situation happens. The The sheriff says, I'll stay in the car with this little girl. Uh, Why he, would the sheriff say something like that? Okay. There are so I many mean, things. he's a like, smart guy. Why would you not take the... Shut up. Why would you not take the girl to her house? Instead, he tells some random dad to go inside and find Dee Dee the mom. And so he just, like, strolls straight into this house, which is also really cool, and clearly set up for a party, but nobody is there. He goes, makes his way through the house, and it's like stuff's cooking on the stove, everything's all set up, Mm -hmm. no bodies, he makes his way to the pool, and there's one person sitting with, facing the pool, but their back is to him. And is he that Dee Dee? I think it's the weightlifting guy now dressed. It's a man. Oh, it's so unclear. He's, and he touches his back, and he falls into the into the pool. They must have cut some major scenes out here. I don't know. Because anyway, none of this made sense. He doesn't try to pull this person out of the pool. He's like, well, I guess you're dead, and yeah. bye. But it it wouldn't have been clear that this person was dead. So anyway, that happens. <laughs> and meanwhile, Janet is laying in the back seat. Her nails powered up, mood to kill. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she tries to attack the sheriff. Sheriff reminds me of Andy from Twin Peaks. If they were like, you Aww. should be the sheriff. Kind of, but he's a little more together than Andy. Is he? Yeah, I don't know. He's just an older version. Whatever. (laughs) He just kind of gets lucky sometimes. So John helps him. (laughs) Helps him to escape Janet. And they put it together that these kids are the killer. And that's when John freaks out because he realizes his wife, his pregnant wife and his son are at home alone. Yeah. And then we get to one of my favorite scenes, which I had been waiting for forever okay is molly kooky molly the shop owner yes is like it's the children yeah which is actually a really cool shot because it's the children's faces in the reflection of the window yeah of she's her shop she's looking out of she's talking on a cb radio though yeah. that's important to note she's not just talking to herself 
Well, she is talking I mean, to herself. maybe. But she thinks she spots them. Yeah, because you know nobody listens to her when she calls on the CB radio. Aww. They're just like, go ahead, Molly. And then they just go and get a cup of coffee. And she just talks the whole time. I feel like Molly talks all night to truckers passing through on the interstate. Uh, for sure. <laughs> but I, the second the children showed up, I'm like, sweet. They're going to kill Molly, finally. Mm-hmm. They do. But we don't get to see it. And I was kind of sad because no. she goes out to get a hug. Death by hug is pretty funny. Yeah, it is. I do like it. It's a good one. It's a good way to go. Meanwhile, uh, the pregnant mom, Kathy, who maybe has had a drink, remember? (laughs) We see her go to the liquor cabinet and set stuff on the counter, but then put it away. Yeah. Um, We're pretty sure she had a drink, but she also decides she's going to smoke and starts caressing her belly. Yeah. I did want to mention in the interview, um, they asked about the smoking pregnant woman. Yeah. And he was saying, well, you know, we didn't quite know what we know now. Yeah. But I like when we were watching it, we were like, is she just pouring herself? Not like a, it was not like it a was glass hard of liquor. wine. It was like hard liquor straight out of the bottle. And then we were like, oh, maybe she's not going to drink. And then she immediately lights up a cigarette and sits down <laughs> and starts rubbing her belly like passionately as yeah. she's smoking. I thought that was really funny. Different times. I mean, obviously, it's 1980. They just didn't know. But holy smokes. So John comes in and he just shouts at Kathy to make coffee. And this is where we learn that John is a jerk. He shouts constantly. He shouts at his wife, who is extremely pregnant. Yeah, and they asked the director, Max, about that. And yeah. that's not how he was really uh, originally written. Oh. The actor just kind of took it and ran with it. Oh. And that's what we got. Oh, so the actor's just a jerk? Yeah. So, no, well, I mean, I just, because he played it as a jerk. But okay. I do love that the smoking mom um, is like eight months pregnant and just being commanded she's constantly. Like Nine months pregnant. Go do this. Go do that. Constantly. And she's just like, fine. Yeah, so wow. she goes and starts to make coffee, and she's had had asked like, "What's going on?" Because they're in a panic and they're bearing weapons, and like panic looking out the window, and she's like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "Go make coffee. Don't ask questions." <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what happens next is John's fault. She's daughter Jenny is trying to break in, and. Kathy's in the kitchen making coffee and sees her daughter. She's had nothing to explain to her at all at this point. She just knows her daughter's been missing. So she goes outside to let her in. And then John comes out and just kind of pushes their daughter away and shouts, do as I say to Kathy, (laughs) to pregnant Kathy. And she does. She goes in and then the sheriff follows uh, Jenny to the barn and they find her and her dad, John, uh, reaches out and touches her and she does a chemical burn, but just on his hand. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. And then one more kid shows up. So they're starting to congregate here, which <laughs> yeah. makes me think that maybe they killed everybody else. And this is the last place. Yeah, it's possible. Place. Um, and they shoot this kid, but it gets right up. And it's shocking when they shoot the kid. You're like, whoa. Trigger happy sheriff's like, yeah. I've got a great idea. And just blasts him. This is another shift in the film where it's so we talked about how it kind of amps up over time. We've gone from like, okay, a couple adults have died to wait, what's happening? The children are a little evil. 
to now we're just full on like shooting children with shotguns. I feel like it's a big leap to make because as a human being, it's your inclination to protect children. And for him to just be like, well, one kid attacked me in a car yeah. unsuccessfully. I should probably shoot the next kid. Who no hesitation. He walks just, at me with open arms. Just blasts him. <laughs> but the kid gets right up. And then the guys retreat to the house. So the kids begin congregating outside. And the sheriff is like sniper shooting at them. <laughs> it is pretty cool. And the mom, who still has not been clued into what's going on. She hasn't seen any of this. She just knows that she's not allowed to hug her daughter for some mm-hmm reason she decides she's going to intervene she comes up with a flower vase and knocks the sheriff out because she thinks these men have lost their minds well he is out of the window sniping children yes in the front yard this is <laughs> we're not making this up no this is the movie we are watching right now is a sheriff is just shooting children. So pregnant mom <laughs> knocks him out with a vase, and then her crazy husband comes in and is like, what have you done? Right, yeah, he's really upset. <laughs> okay. Is this when we get the little sub-story of the kid upstairs? Yes, so one of the kids has found a way in by climbing to the second story. Yes, this is really interesting. That kid, there's so their son that's upstairs sleeping, mm-hmm. he has a pretty cool room. He does. He's got a really bitchin' poster of Superman, like Christopher Reeve as Superman. Yeah. And then he's got a Spider-Man poster. I saw a Muppet Show poster. Mm-hmm. This kid had... And a mural the... of a tiger. Oh, yeah. That tiger mural was awesome. Huge. Yeah. So the one of the weird um, ghoul kids... Paul. Yeah. He scratches at the window. And it kind of reminds me of Salem's Lot, that hmm. scene, where there's just like a freaky thing at the window... Um, Interesting. Being asking to be let in. And he just opens the door and lets his friend in. But he... He opens the window. That's, yeah, he's oh, outside. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He opens the window. And the kid is named Clark. He recognizes his friend. And he plays hide and seek. He's like, you're it. And he goes and hides and keeps evading the attack. Yeah. Until he goes into his closet where he's trapped. Yeah. I didn't... <laughs> I honestly still had hope that this was not going to happen. Yep. <laughs> but nope. I Paul totally kills that kid. Yes. And I was like, holy cow. We have now watched somebody like just picking off children as a sniper. And now this child broke in and full on murdered another child. Yes. And we see it. We see his burned corpse on the ground. Yeah, the mom Kathy finds her son. Pregnant <laughs> Kathy finds her dead son. And uh the kid Paul, he follows her down the stairs. So she's alarmed and like retreating. Yeah. He follows her down the stairs. John starts shooting at the kid, but the kid of course, won't die from shots. He shoots him so hard that he like flies over the railing of the. Yeah, it's he, that was his own stunt. That kid did that stunt. You and, looked it up. Yeah, they said it took multiple takes <gasps> because he was having so much fun because they had a bunch of mattresses on oh. the other side and he wouldn't take it seriously. <laughs> but the end result is jarring because he's like coming down the stairs and then the sheriff just blasts him in the chest. And he just flies over the railing, but then gets right back up. And then as though it couldn't get any more insane, this yes. is where the film is like, the train has been rocking on the rails and it just just broke free. <laughs> yes. Because is it the John? The No, the, it's the sheriff. 
finds a sword. Somehow. Like a ninja sword that's just sitting around <laughs> and cuts the kid's hands off. Yep. And they fall to the ground and it kills the kid. So the we learn oh through this trial and error that if you slice the... The black-fingered hands off of a child, they die. The child is laying on the ground with his severed hands laying next to him. And a couple things. First of all, they say they don't bleed, which is cool and I think an important choice that they made as far as with killing all these children to separate it from being too realistic so they don't have blood. It's like this empty, just kind of like dead meat situation well, that don't bleed also kind of there's a story there too where um they had originally had this guy come in and cast all of the children's limbs so that they would look really realistic mm-hmm. and something happened with that guy where he just up and left one day oh. like he had done all the work and he took all the casts with him <gasps> and it was right before shooting Weird. So the makeup he artist... He just didn't like the movie? No, there was like a fight with his wife, they said, or something like that. Oh. And he just left and took everything. Okay. So the makeup artist had to make the hands on the spot. And they looked pretty good. But this is really cool. Uh, what was originally supposed to happen, but they couldn't do it because this guy left with everything, was that the hands were animatronic. And they oh. were going to actually crawl back to the body and reanimate the corpse. Ooh. And they couldn't do it. I yeah. thought, man, that would be really awesome. It would have made for a longer movie, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so after that happens, they just leave the uh, handless kid. Oh, I wanted to say, too, um, you mentioned that the actor was having fun, the little boy. Mm-hmm. I think it was a smart choice because they have the kids... Uh, as a creepy f- effect, have them smiling a lot and in the movie. Yeah. And I think that was a smart choice in dealing with child actors because, first of all, it makes them creepy. And secondly, it's a good cover for, like, the, the circumstances that yeah, they the acting, find themselves and in. Two of the kids were the producer's uh, children, too. Oh, okay. The, the oldest daughter and one of the boys. That girl, Jenny, she yeah. was really... Um, neat looking like face because I like to draw faces yeah (laughs) it's what I do and I was like oh I want to draw that face I bet she uh, went on to do stuff but I didn't look into it so the dad goes upstairs looks at his son he cries a little bit puts his son in bed and then we go back down to the sheriff at the window he's loading the gun and a kid reaches through one of the little girls reaches through the window and he kind of catches her hand by slamming the window so she's got one hand through the window and he cuts it off yeah and he takes she, a sword and chops it off also she, i don't think that the other boy did this but she makes like a weird like she makes this creepy howling sound should we yeah. sample it yes okay here it is It is weird, and yeah. we'll get that more and more as time goes on, but I remember looking at you and being like, did she just howl as she was dying? Yeah, and um, she falls back, and we don't know if she's dead, and I was like, oh, I guess one hand cut off is good. And then the shot is the sheriff now with an axe. <laughs> Hunting children. Who knows where he that got it. That is what this film has become. Along with the dad, John. He <laughs> leaves his pregnant wife. Full on hunting children at this point. They leave the pregnant wife along with the corpse of her son and another handless boy. Yeah. And this is also at the point where I was wondering, like, 
Wait, wasn't there the guy in the fancy car, the pimp guy and yeah. mom? What Hold happened on. to all them? No That's answers. when it occurred to me that uh, that never went anywhere. So. Nope. So this is where we get to like total craziness. Yeah, they're on the hunt. They first go into a cellar. Yeah. And it's this extended scene where you keep thinking they're going to come across the kids in the cellar. But he just does a circuit of the cellar, comes up. <laughs> yeah, what as happens? The, as the sheriff's coming up, and I think this was just a true take. He hits his head, and he's like, oh, yeah. He <laughs> smacks carries his head on. On, the, on the doorway and keeps walking. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, it, as we're keeping little checks in the box of uh, Bumbling Idiot. Yeah, well. He couldn't even walk through a doorway without hitting his head. Yeah, this is crazy, because... I don't know what has happened, but now we find that the sheriff is hunting down the children mm-hmm. and is convinced that, like, we just have to hack them all up. Yeah, cut off their hands. Then he goes into a chicken coop. We get a full tour of the chicken coop, chickens included, but still no kids. This reminds me of Dance or Die when they were looking for the drugs. And remember, it yeah. was just like this long <laughs> tearing scene apart the of kitchen. tearing apart the entire kitchen, <laughs> only to never find the drugs. Yeah. I was like... What is with this? They could have used that scene to explain away any of the characters that just disappeared. Uh, Then they finally see all of the kids are headed towards the barn. And they go to the upstairs corner of the barn. And there are the kids. And the sheriff just... This isn't on camera. You see, like, the uh, looking away shot as the sheriff cuts off all their hands. He just takes the sword and approaches all the children in the barn Mm -hmm. and just hacks them up. Yep. It is... It's just their hands, so though. Crazy. It's just their hands, to be clear. Just the premise is so insane. But he's he's taking his job seriously. He's just doing what needs to be done and is taking right. no pleasure in it. Okay, well, next we get the sheriff is now sitting in the car. Yeah, he's... Hanging out. He's, he's satisfied with killing all the children. No, he's troubled. He's not satisfied. Is he? No, he's like, oh... I've well, seen things. How am I going to live with what I've done? We do get a cool scene here because there is a child in the back of the car yep. who comes up with a stump. It's yep. the one that they only cut the one hand off of. Yep. You got to get them both. And full on burn melts the sheriff. Yeah. He made it so gone. far. Man, this is again. I was like, well, I guess that guy's dead now. And then John comes up and this is where John. Whoa, this is an insane scene yeah it is off camera however that does not disguise the fact that he takes a sword goes to this little girl and hacks her like not her hands but just completely dismembers her entire body which we will see later yep (laughs) so and then after job well done john who's lost his son and his daughter and his wife is still in a house with the corpse of his son and... Pregnant wife. Yep. And uh, another boy. He decides he should cradle the sheriff in his lap. Yes. The sheriff's corpse. <laughs> Not in, his two dead corpse. children. <laughs> and so he sits on the ground with a sh- cradled sheriff corpse uh, until sunrise. Until he's woken by his wife calling, John! She calls him. And I told you, I jokingly was like, she's in labor. (laughs) I didn't really think she'd be in labor. But he follows her, the like sound of her voice and finds her. And guess what? She's in labor. So (laughs) Kathy's going to pop. (laughs) 
And she tells him in like the most classic way to boil water and get towels. Yes. Because everybody knows you need boiled water and towels to deliver a baby. It is crazy. They're prepping for a home birth now after uh-huh. keep in mind that that one child is their corpse of their child is upstairs in his room. Mm-hmm. The corpse of their other child is hacked up in the barn. Mm-hmm. There's a dead child child in their uh, hallway with his hands cut off. Well, we're reminded of this because as she's in labor, it's a voiceover of him like encouraging her through the process yeah, of that's labor. That's right, honey. You're hey, we could actually yeah. just let's just do it because it's too absurd. Yeah. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's it, Candy. That's it. That's it. That's it. The head's clear. You did it, Kathy. You did it. Good girl. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. One more. One more. One more. One more. It's over. Come on. You can do it. That's it, Kathy. Kathy, one more. Come on. Push, push. Okay. 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 That's it. Okay. Okay. Kathy, it's a girl. Okay. So keep in mind, everybody, as you're hearing that, we're getting these panning shots of children hacked up with their limbs laying next to them. Mm-hmm. The one by the car is just actual like legs and arms and stuff just and scattered. Head. Yeah. <laughs> While they're like going through this emotional scene of a childbirth. And then after the child is born, it's a girl. And this is important because the mom had been especially upset about Jenny not surviving because she was the only daughter. Even though they also had only a son. Yeah, he didn't matter. Uh, but it doesn't matter because both parents are now like, oh, good. Who cares about our dead kids? And they're smiling at their baby. As there are children's corpses scattered throughout the yard. Yes. And the dad, John, looks down lovingly as this baby is nursing and notices what? <laughs> the baby is breastfeeding and its hand clutches the boob with Black nails. <laughs> it's too cool for school. Bye. This film was so off the charts bonkers. Oh, yes. It started like, okay, cool. Then it was like, did that just happen? Uh-huh. And then after a little bit of that, I'm like, what? And then by the end, it was insane. Yeah. That this happened in the first place. Yeah, I and can't this, believe this was made. This film did really well. Too. Did it? It opened to 90 theaters. Really? It made $12 million in the U.S. alone. In 1980? Yes. Why did, have we never heard of it? And it would have made way more. But the director said, like, in Japan, they were going to cut a deal. And they said, but we don't want any of the scenes of the kids getting their hands cut off. Okay. And the director was like, no way, because that won't make sense. And he said, now looking back, he was all high and mighty about his film. He said, I don't care if it didn't make sense in Japan. We would have made a killing. Yeah. And all of like Europe, like Germany, everybody was basically saying like, tone down the violence against the kids and we'll distribute it. And they lost out on all the European markets too. Uh, and this film still like raked it in. I think it made an additional $8 million, Like what? after that. Is that not That's wild? Crazy. So there you go. That is The Children. And if you've not seen I don't know how we've never even heard of this one. Yeah. But whoa, this one is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's not too graphic. It seems out like way outside of your comfort zone. But really, when you watch it, there's very little actual violence. 
But it's all violence against small children. But you don't see it. Some of it you do. You do get full on hand being severed off several times. Well, kind times. of. But it's... <laughs> no, not kind of. It, it is. But kind of, because it cuts away. Like, you see a hand going down. You don't actually see the arm being severed. It's like hands plop. No, you do see that one scene of the two hands, and then they slice it, fall off, and it's just stump sitting there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you see it twice. Well, I tuned that part out. And the, the burn victim makeup, I thought, yeah. was really cool looking, too. So there you go. Good. If you've seen the children, maybe you'll rewatch it. If you haven't, and you're a fan of, like, deep cut, bonkers 80s horror, this is a must-see. Uh, Lazy Graves approved for me. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a special taste. I'm <laughs> well, actually... everything we do is. Yeah. I'm, I hate movies with violence against children because it makes me really uncomfortable, since becoming a mother didn't bother me before, but this didn't trouble me at all because it's just so ridiculous. It is really crazy. Yes. Although there are some cool scenes in this too. Like there is some actually cool looking shots and the makeup is, or the, the music is very hit and miss. Sometimes it really works and is effective. Sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. Overall cool film though. So it's worth watching just to just to experience (laughs) there you go if you like what we had to say about it you should let us know by rating reviewing subscribing that really helps us you can listen to us anywhere you get podcasts we're everywhere Mm -hmm. um spotify podbean apple itunes all that kind of stuff tell a friend Thank you to everybody who has been listening. Yeah, we've just been like slowly and steadily yeah, growing. It's been really exciting for us to to see this, you know, thing that we're doing for fun. Um, we're 75 episodes in now and we're getting more listeners every single week. So we know that you guys are sharing and we're really thankful. Yeah, and we actually this week, very rare, not going to be the golden child, unfortunately, but no. we do know what we're doing next week. Oh. And if you want to follow along ahead of time, this will be a first time watch for us, but it's going to be a very special episode because it's tying into another podcast that I guest on, and we'll tell you more about that um, for that episode. But we are doing another film from the early 80s. I think it's also from 1980, now that I'm thinking about it, or 81, called The Apple. And it is... I don't even know what Have you seen it already? No, I'm saving it. But just the trailer alone, I was like, wait, what? Okay. So I'm very excited about it. So you can watch The Apple. I don't know where it's at. I think it's streaming somewhere. Probably on an Apple device. (laughs) Right. Sponsored by... But that's what we will be doing next week if you want to get a little ahead of the game and try and keep up with it. Otherwise, you can follow us on Instagram. We're at Laser Graves. And uh, my personal site on Instagram is death at 33 RPM. I'm at Mariah Rose Wimmer. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Children from 1980. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.